And we're live. Welcome, everybody. This is the Reality Zars podcast, and we're your host tonight, Nate and Thomas. Yo, yo, yo. And we have Brandon Thomas on. Yo, yo, yo. What's <laughs> up, brother? How are you? We're doing good, man. We're doing real good. We took some, we did some breath work before we got started, before we hit record. We're fully present. We're in the moment. We're fucking ready to kill it. I feel like we're in the same room. You know, like I can like just look down there and there you are. Here we are. Hey. Hey. Did I do that right? All right. (laughs) Brandon, it's been a minute since you've been on. Why don't you tell our audience one more time? What are you doing right now? Also, you just wrote a book. You just got it published. Why, why don't you tell tell us some stuff? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, it's great to see y'all, and it's so cool to be here. This is amazing. I love you both. You know you both hold a very special place in my heart. Uh, and to your first question, you guys can just find it at uh, expandingrealitypodcast.com. I just went through and redid that whole damn website. Uh, it mirrors the book you're talking about. So if you guys want, just go over there. Uh, follow me on Instagram or something like that. Everything links from there anyhow. And then you guys can just say, man, it looks awesome. And I love what you did. And it's really trippy. And that's cool. And so appreciate it, guys. But go check it out. Also, uh, what you're referring to, Nate, and thank you for asking. I appreciate that. I didn't even ask you about that, uh, is the Expanding Reality Expanded Insight and Episodic Reflection. Now, this is volume one. Uh, this is um, our little logo here. We did found a publishing house. So now this is Ridiginal Publishing, which is a poly word I made up, meaning ridiculously original. So um, that is it there. Got the little UFO up there. So what this is, is a companion manual for the show. So what you do is, is that you get this thing. Uh, It's got my gratitude in here, of course. And this will show you how to use it. So there's instructions on how to use this thing. So you go through and it basically has where you can track along with each episode. Now, this doesn't go in any particular order, so you could skip around. You can do whatever you want. You fill it all in. But there's parts on there that ask you, you know, how this episode expanded your reality. You have a little inspired doodle there if you want to doodle, of course, while you're listening. Absolutely. Uh, show notes. This is what I'm taking the whole damn time. I've got a pad right in front of me. And then also just some takeaways that you've got now. Every three episodes for that. Uh, and it's got just some dope quotes, you know, some things that are in the show. Um, every, uh, episodes. So that's what the full ones look like. And we'll get to this. And then every three, uh, there's little prompts and they're all different. There's a ton of them in here. Uh, it's 140 pages. These are ones that just say like, what, uh, you know, mysteries are you into? And you just sort of talk about and list those things. It goes on to discuss, uh, this is one of my favorites. Um, has something not in your highest vibrational alignment been on your mind holding you in a sensation of stagnation preventing your next level up? And you have the bomb there that talks about that. And then it says, let that shit go. And this is just sort of a place to unload. These are things that you'd wish to release, uh, full moon releases and things like that. So again, uh, inspired doodles all over the place. Uh, there's places to take notes. There's just awesome stuff in here. And it was a lot of fun to create. So it's just kind of a companion a manual for the show. And it's available over there on expandingrealitypodcast.com. And uh, reach out to me if anybody wants to get involved in something like this, because this is something uh, that I've found um, a lot of interest in, and especially a lot of interest in uh, uh, offering service for. So if folks want to add value for their show, if they want to get into more of a participatory uh, relationship with their audience, if you guys just want to create a ghost hunting tracker, um, full moon tracker, if uh, you guys want to, uh, track cycles in your life. I've got journals coming out. I'd love to work with anybody. That's what Redigital is all about. Also, uh, if you've been turned away by a publisher, reach out. You know, we've got we've got a conversation in mind. So, um, thank you for that. Uh, all of that. Let me say all that. This is actually the first time I've ever announced it. I haven't even announced it on my show. So, there you go. I appreciate it. 
Wow, we got an exclusive. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> you already know I'm a fan uh, because, oh. yeah, dude. I mean, I think the last time we talked, uh, we were we were hashing out like some ch- children's book stories. And oh, some we other still cool, have a like... lot to talk about. Yeah, dude. I mean, honestly, we've got uh, we've got some cool collaborations ahead of us too. Oh, big time. Yeah, yeah. You and I took a meeting, and I'm so excited. You, you. Uh, what I love about that is, um, it's one of these things, and you understand this. It wasn't like a since you haven't heard back from me about it, it's not like, oh, well, fuck off, you know. It's a, okay, well, I know what I need to do. I know what where my goals are and what my path is. And you know that it's absolutely something that's been on my mind and dovetails perfectly with what I'm doing, especially with the publishing house. And again, uh, there's so many other things that are in the works, guys, that I'm, again, not ready to really talk about here, but that's just sort of a little teaser. But anybody out there that wants a voice, it feels like uh, they have a story to tell, that feels like they've had an extraordinary experience. If you're an artist also looking to pair up with any authors that have amazing stories but you know perhaps excel in the words and not the art like i do uh so perhaps there are things like that and there it's a connected community is what i'm building here that's what this is all about a rising tide raises all ships where digital and expanding reality are the tide so you guys are here we're all in this together and so that's what it's all about i love love the idea of a ghost tracker i think that would be perfect man or like a like a bigfoot tracker you've got it yes yeah, literally a Bigfoot tracker. And so it has tracks on the front, you know, like big feet, like walking by, right? And then you have all the sort of logs, you have timestamps, you have any sort of data that you want, and then you design it, you custom design it. And we, you know, go in and help you put logos and stuff in. Like I help you with the whole damn thing. It's a lot of fun to do too. It's addicting as hell. And plus, once you see how simple it is to become a published author, right, Thomas? Uh, then you're like, it's addicting. You're just like, oh my God, here we go. Here we go. And because it's, it's, it's going to get nuts so soon too, because it's so open for anyone to just be able to jump in, yes. um, to to where it's going to start becoming about who can deliver like the coolest stuff, the most exclusive, like the the well edited, good quality content. Because we're going to be flooded with content more than ever before soon. Yeah, you need original content, ridiculously original, <laughs> and that's what it's all about. Yeah, fucking a. This is awesome. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, brother. Yeah. So, I mean, we sort of have a topic tonight, but we can also kind of float around and just have fun and talk about whatever. Um, but let's talk a little bit about some ghosts. Oh, ghosts. Okay. We can talk about like, well, basically all the spiritual paranormal. So we can talk about angels, demons, ghosts, poltergeists, fairies. We've had some interesting conversations with folks about fairies recently. Reptilians. Um, reptilians yeah yep uh reptilians for damn sure uh selfless plug here on the website there's a shirt and it's a lizard turd t-shirt and it's really cool i made the damn thing um it's uh it also i want to be very clear about this not all lizard people are turds but some lizard people are turds and usually they're like running the government and stuff like this i think you have one depicted Mm -hmm. on your um cover there and it's uh so i just wanted to make that very clear one of the good Um, ones yes one of the good ones right (laughs) right and uh, so, yeah, uh, the lizard turds, though, absolutely running amok for damn sure. That's a that's a controversial take, by the way, both of you, that there's good reptilians out there. Because I've I've had it on good authority, asked many people that claim to be reptilian experts. And according to the experts, uh, there are no such thing as good reptilians. So mm-hmm. it's actually positive to hear that there might be some, I don't know, like a like a rebel force in the reptilians. 
Would you think the experts could like anything else be just have blind spots like anybody, right? And so, you know, with the Never. phenomena, <laughs> with the phenomena, usually, I mean, you know, um, when when it's when you're niche down into something and you're looking so hard at what you want it to be, it's it's really tricky to see any other possibilities or how anything else connects. And so, if you're a lot of people, and I'm not saying this is happening, and absolutely not, y'all. Uh, there are a lot of researchers that constantly just try and attempt to prove themselves right. I've even heard of a Bigfoot researcher faking a Bigfoot account that he absolutely under polygraph completely. This dude is one of the most credible witnesses for a Bigfoot account, but he faked it. And everybody knew it was an obvious fake, but he faked it to draw attention to it because of the real thing. So you have all this psychology going on here where this drove this poor bastard mad that actually had a real, real sighting. And so he faked it because he couldn't, he didn't have any evidence otherwise, but again, was found out very easily. And so there's all this psychology that goes, that goes along with it. And uh, the phenomena, I mean, as I see it, like I said, is pretty ubiquitously connected is how I see it now. But I've been able to zoom out from those niching, which I love the niches, you need the niches. Uh, but just the perspective I have on it, it's just a little bit broader. And so how it's connected and bigger picture things just like these, shining lights on blind spots is usually because you can tap somebody on the shoulder that's way too into their work you know metaphorically they're so niche down into their blinders on you know all these metaphors and you just tap yeah. them on the shoulder and you go hey this dude over here has something that connects it connects this puzzle piece with you all you have to do is connect it dude and that is what we're all about yeah that's what we're all about because i think a lot of this paranormal stuff is all fucking connected all fucking connected it's all related in weird ways like i think Fairies are related to aliens, are related to the UFOs, are related to Bigfoot, are related to ghosts, are related to angels, demons. I think this high strangeness is all very, very fucking similar. And yeah. um, I don't know how exactly, and I have my own weird theories on it, but... You know, and the how is interesting. The why is probably um, something I, I find equally as interesting. And that's sort of what makes me feel this way is my sort of take on why. And I mean, uh, first of all, straight out the gate, and y'all know me, I do never claim to know what's going on. I don't um, run me colors up the mast, as my friend Mark Ollie would say. I don't plant my flag anywhere, but um, I do have, you know, certain ideas. I can look at it intuitively. So whenever you look at this stuff as far as the phenomena and how it could be connected in certain different ways. It just, like I said, depends on what vantage point you want to take with it. So if somebody's super niche down into this thing, it's very much there. If you just zoom out, like I said, you you can really connect the pieces on some really, really cool shit. So, Nate, what were you talking about one more time? Remind me of your question because I had something awesome I was going to say, and I'm just getting back to it. Ghosts or how high strangeness is all connected? It... Uh, it was something else within that that I hadn't. I just lost it, man. But mm. I'll, I'll probably drag it back up here in a minute. Well, well this, I had the, a the original. Of... Well, the original premise is just that reptilians and fairies and ghosts it, and Bigfoot and just all everything combined is maybe the one thing. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, the way I've been looking at it is uh, duality and everything, right? And so, if duality exists, different energies, you know, these uh, juxtapositions of everywhere. Then, of course, they would exist in something that we would consider evil too, right? So we we always see this, and we see this in comics. Uh, we've been brought up like this that the bad guy, you know, they did this with uh, Thanos in the New Marvel, uh, that the bad guy actually has a story too. And you you run through these different perspectives, and so this is how we're able to gracefully say that there's got to be good lizard people out there, and that perhaps uh, the idea that they're not is maybe just something that's a blind spot that those researchers have is just all i'm saying it's just a possibility 
Yeah, it, it's fascinating, man. Because like I've t- I've said this on the story before, or I've said this on the podcast before, um, that we had some like ends with some of the really high level Bigfoot dudes, like uh, guys that have been on on television shows. All I'll say, I won't say their names, but like, and they were like, "Yeah, absolutely, we'll come on, we'll interview, we'll talk to you, we'd love to be part of your documentary." And then we told them that like our current working theory is that Bigfoot is an interdimensional being that communicates psychically and they were like oh okay yeah you guys could fuck off <laughs> <laughs> what about alexander alexander Petakoff would talk to you yeah he's he absolutely would he's a great guy oh um, he's awesome yeah uh it's just like there's just a few dudes like other, we didn't know anybody yeah. at the time and they were just like they were like yeah no he is a upright ape yeah. and he is a physical creature and if you guys are saying anything else i don't want any part of it and i was like okay that's like, that's fine. Bye. <laughs> it's, a, it's an interesting thing here. And perhaps this is why, you know, it's been viewed that way for so damn long. And like everything else. And like I said, all you have to do is shift your perspective on one thing here. And then you just apply that filter to everything. And you're like, got it. Okay, well, everything's pretty much split. And uh, anything divided amongst so many different things, like the, all these different collectives and all these different um, archangels and things like that. Like, I think it's awesome. I feel that that that's a whole side conversation about how the phenomena presents itself. And we can absolutely have that. But the, the way in which uh, people participate in this is so varied that it splits things down so many different branches and paths that perhaps it's meant to, you know, it's meant to be fractured to then it runs off. And then you have, I mean, obvious accounts of disinformation agents and people who are steering uh, perspectives and they're dropped in so that they create these other branches that go nuts and then people bifurcate and then argue and, and it's an interesting test in psychology sort of to see and, and you know, the they, whoever, the bad lizard turds will say that, uh, the they who, you know, seem to perpetrate this perception management that seems evident in my mind, uh, know this, you know, and they know us, they know our psychology. So they're like, oh, all you have to do is do this. And then they go, ah, oh, and they run down this thing. And they're absolutely right, you know. But part of that, I think, and you run down enough of those dead ends and end up like in a bucket full of mice like everybody else you know it, it feels like okay well i'll just stop falling for that and that's where discernment kicks in that's when you grow taller and the maze is still there but you can you can see over it you know what i mean yeah. and uh so th- this feeling of uh things being bifurcated like that seems to be in itself just like other things here a distraction sort of like democrat republican that's left right that's and we all know we all pretty much feel this way that it's uh you know two birds of the same two feathers of the same bird, right? Two hands in the same person. So it, it just feels like the same thing playing out multiple parts. And so that's why we're able to sort of run the river back to its source, as it were. When you find these commonalities within the phenomena, then you can say, okay, well, the ferry connects to Bigfoot here and UFOs, that's fascinating because near-death experience and a paranormal account that I've got connect there. And you sort of find your way back to where these things that were all tributaries to stick with the river metaphor are now just one big river and then you can find the source. And it's, we're getting closer to the source, I feel. It's fascinating. The, this one's been fascinating to me too when we've been doing these interviews because it never dawned on me. For example, I think it was Chaz that brought this up, but there's like a haunted house that this the same house had both ghost stories and it had UFO stories. But the ghost people didn't want to hear about the UFO stuff because it was like it hurt the credibility of the ghost stuff. And then vice versa. The UFO people were like, don't bring those ghost stories over here. You're ruining our credibility. And what you were saying, Brandon, about specialties, right? Another reason why people get so sort of like, you know, tunnel, tunnel vision on whatever they're really good at. 
But then when someone says, oh, by the way, this thing over here relates, it's almost like a threat because, oh, you're saying I'm not an expert anymore because I'm great at this thing. But if you're saying that like my thing relates to your thing and I don't know as much about that, then by even acknowledging that, oh, maybe these two are the same, now you just lost half of your prestige. You lost half of your sort of expertise but just, it, it's just by accepting it. and pride, and it's so vain, man. It's so it's Oh, right, so yeah. Fucking, no, yeah. not disagree. I know, it's, it's I know. It's ego doing it. It's just, it's so crazy to me. It's like, to me, it's it's like the same type of like gatekeepers of like the Egyptologists that'll like claim it's only this old and it's only been like this. And then Graham Hancock tries to get in there and tries to stir his hand in the mix. And they're like, no, get out of here. And like so much of like the Bigfoot dudes, like they're struggling for, you know, like to be taken seriously. And then if somebody has like even a slightly different thing, then they're the gatekeepers and they'll try to keep you up. And I'm like, man, you guys still haven't found Bigfoot. So you know what? We're going to try different stuff. I like, feel like I, I understand a, on, on a certain level, though, because yeah. it must have taken a lot of coordination and compromise to, for all of the community I, before Internet to come together oh, and kind of agree, yeah. like, here's the things about the thing that we don't have any proof of, because if they try to uh, spread like five different angles of it, it would have kind of like petered out a little bit. But if everyone can sort we of agree are the guys on this that are now vision. like changing vampire <laughs> lore and saying yeah. they sparkle in the sun, like, yeah, yeah. They walk. <laughs> I get it. Like, they're okay. like, get out of here. That's exactly Twilight it, assholes. <laughs> <laughs> but he might sparkle in the sun, maybe. is all I'm saying. Let's find out. Like, well, he might. He's got you know, glitter yeah. in his hair. Yeah. Well, no, then maybe like, called. Uh, psycho semantics so if they want him to glitter in the sun they instantly do and that's just the way shit works here you know perhaps i don't know but it is it is fascinating and i don't want to you know I, I also want to be very clear here that uh both are very necessary i feel that now and that's a natural evolutionary state for you to get to in research right you just start zooming out you find out enough about what you want to know in a particular field and then when one thing by the way it was one thing for me one one thing jumps over the line and it's like huh then you're like, wow. And now your interest isn't just in this amazing thing that happened, this story, this UFO encounter, let's say. And you're just blown away by this experience. And you're just like, oh, my God. But then it connects over here to this paranormal thing. And then you're just like, oh, my God. Now the focus isn't the UFO event or the paranormal event. It's the fact that they connect. Now that is the focus. Now you're finding bridges. And now you're obsessed with bridges and connecting neurons. And so that in itself is fascinating because you're able to consume more mind-blowing information the more that you go, right? You have a tolerance, a threshold for dope shit. And so you can expand it more and you can fit more in there. And so that also, though, means that your cognitive ability to critically think about these things expands as well. And then you're able to make these sort of connections, and that's where the conversation has led us. But again, those that are niche down need to niche down. Like, you guys hang out there. You need to learn everything you can about the Pascagoula case and just know the shit out of it. And then when Calvin Parker comes on your show or you talk to him, you know, uh, then you can ask him some questions that weren't in the account. And this is how you expand on the story because you've still got those people knocking, knocking around about here. Calvin Parker's awesome. He's a buddy of mine on Facebook. Go check him out. You can go talk to that dude. We need those people though. The thing is, it's, it's judgment is, is all it is really. It's, it's everybody judging each other for everyone's finding and observations which were all not i mean that's also very presumptuous of everyone to just automatically assume that we're in the same place and everything means the same thing anyway i think that's awesome but also if you if you can get past that it's basically just understanding that people view things differently and if you can just run it through that filter then cool what was your experience not 
your experience yeah. is wrong because I heard somebody else say something different once, or I remember someone maybe saying something different that may or may not be true. I'm may or may not be, you know, so all of these things and then arguing over your experience, especially what we've heard with all of the reports and the contact phenomena alone, the varied uh, subjectivity of things. Yes, there sort of seems to be some commonalities, but my God, some people will get abducted, let's say two. One will see grays, one will see mantis, and, and they don't, the other doesn't see the others. And so what, how can you account for that? Screen memories are a fascinating one. Somebody sees an owl, later gets regressed. It was an alien, right? So what is that all about? What is that cognitive interface? You know? And so when you niche down into these things, it's, it's important to find that out. But zooming back out to ask the bigger questions, not bigger, the next questions is how I'll put it, because all of them are bigger and big and important. It's just when you get to a certain point, those are the next questions. You get obsessed over the bridges. So that that's kind of where I'm at with it. I know you guys are probably there as well. It's just this search for connections. And what's fine, what's funny is you ask the questions, you'll find answers and you're finding them everywhere. It's a small place, man. And it, it keeps getting smaller and more connected. And it's it's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely, man. And we're on a journey to find uh I don't even know exactly what we're looking for, but we're just we're just looking, man. Uh like this particular ghost documentary, to be honest, I'm skeptical of ghosts. Like um, as far as them being like grandma, I, don't, I, I think grandma's got better shit to do. I think grandma's exploring the universe. I don't know if she's still hanging out here, but I know that people are interacting with something and they think it's grandma. And so for me, I might have my Christian baggage that I bring with me. And to me, it gets scary. And I'm like, that might be a demon you're talking to. And it makes me nervous. Uh, but who the hell knows what it is? And, it, and it's it's just this fascinating thing, man, that like we could be talking to some interdimensional creatures. We could be talking to reptilians. We could be talking to like I love the idea, too, that like when we were talking to Chaz, he was talking about how um, these folks, these researchers were sitting there with like uh, basically like playing D&D almost. They made a character. They made uh, and they gave him attributes and like a personality. And then all of a sudden it started interacting with them. Yeah. So they like created this with their mind, almost like an aggregor or something like that. Like they created this being that was there and interacting with them. And I almost like you're giving it a character and this like mindless type of like creature from the ether is like, okay, he gave me a script and he, they jump in. Like that's where I go with it. But I don't know. Like it, it's just it's yeah, fascinating. I think you're with that, I think you're very, you're much the way I feel about it. Because again, don't plant my flag, and I don't know either. But I love, love feeling into it intuitively. And this is where we are with it. And perhaps the understanding is just a little bit of light in front of the cave at, at a time. And really, that that distance, let's say, if we're talking linearly through a dark cave with a small amount of light that only illuminates a certain amount in front of you, then that linear progression is your awareness. And really, though, you need to take these steps and get from where it was light to where you're deeper in the dark to where you're trusting this light that it's going to get you where you need to go. And then also trusting what you see, because we're all walking through this dark ass cave. You know, we're all walking each other home and our flashlights are like this far in front of us. Now, some people have a bright ass flashlight. Those are folks who actually don't, you know, get their flashlights handed to them and set the dimness level from someone else is how I'll put it. And it feels like you have certain awarenesses and perspectives. And as we go, you're sort of just shouting over the cave. Hey, I found this really cool rock. Hey, yeah, I found this cool thing over here. I'm not going to go see the rock that you found, but I trust that you found something really cool. And this is how I feel about somebody that has like a UFO experience. I don't need to prove mm -hmm. you wrong, dude. 
I don't know what you saw, first of all. And I, what kind of asshole am I to sit there and go, you didn't do what you said because it's ludicrous to me and my understanding of yeah. the world I have right now. It's silly. So either way, though, it's like this just we're just sort of telling each other. And what it does is it sort of how I look at this is like an echolocation and to stick with the metaphor. And we can all sort of echolocate our and get a better picture of our environment from an interconnected point of view because you can't inspect every little micro inch of it on your own. It's like we're all sort of inspecting this cave as we're walking through it with these tiny little flashlights. And we're all just sort of, again, filling in the map as we go. But this awareness that you stair step to, it, it's super important to think everything's coming from zeta reticuli first, or it's, it's super important to think everything's ghosts that are just things that have died and don't know what the fuck they're doing sort of thing. You know, like in the movies, like it, it, it's important to have those foundations so that whenever it blows your mind even more, it can and you can handle it. You know, you've got the cognitive uh, foundation for that, you know. This sounds a, a little bit too like holographic theory, which means a lot of different things in a lot of contexts. But essentially, the way that I've heard it explained is that if you go outside and find a tiny little droplet of dew on like a leaf and there's a full moon out, you can look in that tiny little droplet and see the entire moon, right? You can see the entire sky in this tiny droplet. And then if you go and look in like a huge pool, you see that same exact moon. It's not a different moon. The only difference is the resolution. Like you can only see so much detail in this tiny little droplet right but that's more of a, a, a deficiency of the human eye so we need to be able to see something in a little bit more detail you got to see it bigger uh, but the, the concept here of the holographic theory is that if nate sees it in one way and you see it in one way and i see it in one way if we can all contribute what we see it's like we're filling in little notches over time right um the same uh, way that like you can combine holograms each other. together yeah exactly yeah. thomas dude nailed it nailed it nate everybody's nailing this it's spot on and i love the analogy the resolution is a beautiful beautiful way to put that and resolution of course synonymous with just awareness right you know what are you what are you looking at are you a participatory member of this place or aren't you you know i mean that's really what it comes down to right are you playing the game or are you being played by the game and uh, it, it seems that things like Bigfoot, ghosts, uh, anything in the freaky woo-woo is part of the game. And to figure that out, or at least to have it draw your attention, for it to go, and you look at it, like that's, that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. Everyone in the spirit world, whatever, is just clapping. They're all so pumped for everybody that just lets it get their attention and lets them <laughs> be drawn into... Because what it is at that point is breaking out of the program. That's your gateway, right? Anything like this. And there's a myriad of them. Psychedelics were a great one for me. Uh, that is how you figure out that things aren't necessarily what they've been talking about. But this also, too, then applies to anything you discover in the future, especially getting information off somebody else, somebody else's experience. So you would just always sort of want to, I guess, keep that in mind, right? Is uh, Ideas are awesome and people are incredible and they're illuminating the shit out of this cave right now. We're getting a better picture of this place and what consciousness is capable of. And and it's beautiful. It's like never before. And it's it's just so cool to see. But also there's uh, this, this old hubris that seems to be sort of uh, Venn diagramming in or sort of bleeding over into the new awarenesses and understanding, which is my way is right. Your way has to be wrong. This either or this black or white and that's what's dissolving and this gray area is where we find ourselves and that's what we're here to do i i feel is usher folks through this gray area into the pure white awareness now if you want to stay over there in that side absolutely there there's a side there for you if you want to air quotes that you will facilitate that 
part of the integer energy vacuum that's necessary to wake others up. But we also now usher in these new conscious awarenesses that push us into further things by simply asking questions about ghosts and UFOs and shit. Like people think it's the freaky woo woo and that you just, um, oh, you just detach from reality and you're just uh, talking about ghosts or something like that. Um, you know, you're not concerned with the national deficit or something going on in politics. It's like, fuck no. I find out more about not only the world around me, but myself investigating these phenomena because it makes you ask so many fascinating questions. There's no all, all those all those issues you just brought up. Those are all more abstract uh, than ghosts would be or Bigfoot, right? Like national deficit. What is that? That's not a physical thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like it. Uh, <laughs> it's more, yeah, Bigfoot's more approachable. I like that. Yeah. Because, like, for, for example, a lot of, like, the ghost stories and, like, these UFO and encounters, let's say even if you were the most skeptical person on the planet, you understand what getting a weird feeling is and not being able to understand why you just got that weird feeling. But unless someone sat you down and explained the entire economic system and your role in it, you would never understand that stress and that weird energy that goes along with, you know, like the deficit and, and debt and mortgages and bankruptcy. If someone didn't explain to you what fiat currency was, you wouldn't even understand it. But you, you sure as hell will be able to walk into an area and be like, wow, I got a really weird feeling. Um, so, I mean, I'm just saying in that regard, this is way more real than any sort of quote unquote real problem would be, right? Totally. The real problems are all way too complicated and not half as fun. I completely agree. Yeah. It's all the real problems, they, they get, well, it, it's, it's funny because it's a problem that all everyone has to do is just agree for it to not be a problem and it stops being a problem. I mean, <laughs> it, it's not the same as like an impending doom or a volcano that's like spewing things out at you or like an infestation of murder hornets, right? It, it would just be like, hey, let's just stop agreeing about this abstract concept that doesn't actually exist. Are you okay with that? And everyone's just like, yeah, let's just forget about that. And it goes away, right? <laughs> So I mean, a new one falls into the vacuum in its place, but the original one's gone. Well, what's great about this, and I'm so glad you said this, Thomas. Uh, awesome, dude. Uh, do not disagree as well. Um, we were talking earlier about sort of people and they do their thing and all of that. Now, the comparison curse, like you guys, has been dead within me for a very long time. We know that comparison is the thief of joy. And so we don't even play that game, right? But uh, those who choose to niche down into these finite little bubbles of things, absolutely perfect, guys. We need you there. Again, it, it's, it's a rock-solid place to be because y'all even find new information pouring over the data with current insights because even babies born you know, 10, 20 years after us have different brains. They look at the world differently. So if you were to hand them a book that you've read a thousand times, they're going to pull a thousand things out of it that you never would have out of that same damn book. So again, you know, these niche colonies are very, very necessary. But what's so nice about expanding on this is now we have these huge communities of folks all coming together to research dope shit like this. Uh, the the fact that people have had multiple experiences as well and still sort of marry them together. You have somebody who's had a near-death experience, uh, was very into psychedelics, uh, that also saw a Bigfoot and also got picked up by a UFO at one time. And they'll find a very simple, common, comfortable thread between all of them. So if you've ever had a psychedelic experience, it's very similar to any of the other ones, right? So the energetic feeling that they create is this ominous otherworldly amazing sensation that just draws you in it's so magnetic and attractive and this is how you cut out all the other things that shouldn't in our minds that no longer serve us moving forward is how we'll put it everybody has a place here 
you speak with your voice. And this is uh, the big uh, value exchange uh, rants that I've been going off on about stuff. If, you, if you're tired of seeing these things, then put your value, invest your value into what's valuable to you. Things like you guys, y'all show, your Patreon, your exclusive content, things like that. That's where the volume speaks. And then when that occurs, you guys can then reinvest your time and energy into just being better at your craft and finding better people to talk to about these things and making amazing movies and just propelling this forward. But this idea of value exchange and investing doesn't stop at your money. It's not just money. It's never just about the little thing. It's always the bigger thing that goes beyond it, right? Uh, think uh, Mr. Miyagi. It wasn't about waxing on and waxing off. It was so he'd be dope at that move later on, right? He also got his, his cars polished for free, though, in the process. No, that's pretty true. You, you, Hey, Mr. Miyagi sensei, he knows, he knows what he was doing. Child slave he, he wasn't, yeah. well, he, he wasn't <laughs> having him go out and, like, polish, like, other people's cars. Just no, 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 just his. That's fine. <laughs> uh, sensei knew what he was doing. But uh, it's about investing energy and time into something as well. And when you do that, that's what becomes really contagious. That's where you pull the energy out of the beast that everybody keeps that's obsessed with complaining over how broken it is. Yes, we could stand there and talk about how dead that dragon is all we want. But there's a lot of dope shit out here that a lot of us are here to create and are doing so. Again, contact me if you want to get your book published, Thomas. Same thing. You guys you have we have so many resources at our fingertips right now and the time in which we're doing all this shit so you've never been more empowered i think again it's this it's this bleed over of the i've got to be right then you must be wrong but there's grace and comfort that we offer with this because we have the awareness right it's um it's when you're strong enough to be gentle that that's what is the real takeaway from sort of this environment lately it's Again, guys, we're all just walking each other home. Some people's flashlights are absolute shit. And they keep clicking on and off. They're government issued, so they're garbage. Um, and so there's some patience and humility and com comes along with this, especially greeting new information or being presented with new information from something in the phenomena, something you're investigating that's either counter to or anything like that. If it triggers you, it's not the fact that the information was different. It's the fact that there was different information that challenged you and your ego in a way. That is the takeaway. That's what you look at. Rather than attempting to prove this guy wrong, perhaps it's an opportunity to zoom out one step and say, this man saw this thing about Bigfoot and thinks that. This person thinks this, or I think this is different. Uh, and so rather than be pissed off and spend my energy and attention rather than advancing it forward and saying, what do you have to offer? Oh my God, cool. Well, I can talk about this and holy shit, we have so much in common rather than, oh my God, this one tiny little comment that they sent and then this one little tweet and now my fans are rallied up against it and then becomes this gang on when like a UFO Twitter type of a deal where it's like just this interesting social study to where again, it's, they got you, you know, it's, we're different here. You know, we don't, we don't do that kind of shit. We're, we're researching really dope shit. We're bigger than we're, we're adults here. You, you don't have to fight with each other, other over each other's perspective and insights. It's, it's part of the game is to learn how to grow and create together. You know, it's just, it's just an interesting psychology more than, and it again, takes away from the dope shit. Like, tell me about your Bigfoot encounter. You know what I mean? Tell me about your fairies. Like what, what happened? I don't want to argue with you about why I think you're wrong. Let's just talk about it and how cool it is. It's it's being greeted with this energy, and it's the same thing. And that's a pot that the the program stirs. So they drop shit in to stir it up. Your recognition of it is what frees you from it. That's, again, how you get a little taller than the maze. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then there's companionship and camaraderie. Yeah. Um, yeah.
and collaboration and collaboration and I've got only a half serious question here, but but taking that approach, how would you just avoid getting into an hour long conversation with every every person you meet at the bus stop? Or is that is that the point is to get into those conversations? The point you meet is, some neat people at the bus stop sometimes. You can, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You meet neat, uh, everyone that you meet is there on purpose, I believe. I don't think anything happens uh, like to you or incidentally. Everything's on purpose, especially those people losing their shit at the bus stop. Like, that's someone in your path. That is something that you chose to be there, observe, and interact with, especially if they interact with you. That is a, that's an open door for you to be the greatest, grandest version of yourself. There's probably a trigger in there to heal, but either way, it's an opportunity for you to be what you state you are, which is here to serve in the greatest, grandest version of who you really are. That's just an opportunity, and that's it. Also, um, you know, there's some intuitive things that go along with that. There's some deep breaths, and there's some, you know, don't don't get in a place where you're getting stabbed and shit. You know what I'm talking about? Like, listen to that vibe. But the, you know what I'm talking about. There's a your your uh, calibration. Lindsay Sharman and I were talking about this. Is heart and stomach, man. If you feel it in your tum tum, your gut, you got a gut feeling probably just hold off on it you get this in your heart here and you can feel it and it's warm it feels right that that's that's the voice to listen to that's your indicator yeah we're talking we're talking the three centers right now right the head heart and the solar plexus or the gut or the whatever you want to call your your lower chakra right uh root uh sacral solar plexus heart throat third eye crown but the um, the two really is, yeah, but it is. It's solar plexus and heart. So you've got those two as a barometer. And usually that root uh, area will give you an indicator of something's off or isn't in your highest interest is a good way to put it. Now, they're fun and nobody judges you and if nobody's getting hurt, fucking do your thing. But that is a barometer for you based on your stated uh, mission here. Like if you say, I'm here to serve humanity and it's greatest good. And then you're like... Um, Somebody's like, hey, we're doing Edward 40 hands, you know, and then you get that feeling in the pit of your stomach. Maybe it's because it's not doing what you said you're going to do. Right. Maybe doing Edward 40 hands isn't in your highest interest at that moment. Right. So you get What's that Edward 40 hands. Have you never heard of this? Oh, my God. It's, where oh, you, man, it's you know, the best. Yeah. You duct tape. I don't know about the best, but it's interesting. <laughs> How's that? Uh, you duct tape two 40 ounces of the cheapest okay I, I get the uh, idea so far you don't get to take them off until they're finished that's right they, they pop yeah. the caps on them you don't get to pee by yourself uh some people will go ahead and take care of that uh, and open it up on their own before they get taped up and just have it hanging around because they know they'll need that uh, and then you just you have to slam both edward 40 hands this is like edward scissor hands but with 40s honestly that, that sounded like a normal thursday for me when i was in the military <laughs> dude uh, two, we, two mickeys for like three dollars so, so, <laughs> i mean that was my night dude dude in huntsville hunts vegas texas first time i ever did mushrooms uh 14 grams by the way don't recommend it uh or i do recommend just it. a triple I, heroic I, dose nothing yeah, big <laughs> uh, i didn't know any better i didn't i just threw them all in a blender and drank them i didn't know uh so we would play bones 14 I mean, grams did you yeah. say yeah my yeah, first that's, ever that's hardcore man huntsville's a weird place that's where they have the walls unit it was right down the street from our apartment we had a third floor apartment on this um place and there's a same Houston State University is there. And so I had a buddy that went to college there. And so I just needed a place to go. I just moved out of the house two days after graduation, all this, whatever. Um, so I go out there and I just did a bunch of drugs, man. That was it. When I moved out, I, I just had one rule, no needle drugs. And I stuck to that, unintended. And um, yeah. yeah, right. Well, good good on you. Your hair looks great, by the way. I noticed your haircut. I meant to say something about it. Um, the <laughs> That apartment, though, we would just trip balls and do all kinds of shit. But yeah, I just went to somebody in Huntsville and I was like, hey, I got 30 bucks. And the guy was like, OK, cool. And he gave me a bag and I said, what do I do? And he goes, eat them. I go, OK, cool. Took them home. 
threw them all in a blender with some Kool-Aid and sh- a bunch of sugar. They tasted fucking awful. And I was just going to ask, how do you consume 14 grams of fucking... That's, cause that's a lot. That's yeah, a lot to... I, even just to eat, that's a lot to... Oh, it was horrible. And I just blended it up. I mean, tons of sugar. I was 20... I was uh, 19. So I had, mm. you know, tons of sugar. Uh, blended them up, whatever. Did all that. Uh, and it was crazy. I don't remember why we were talking about Huntsville. I'm sure it wasn't for that reason. But mm. uh, that's when I took 14 grams. Yes, sir. My first time ever. And it was wild. I mean, about... 30, I'm 20, sure 30 that after. was wild. Yeah, about 20, 30 minutes after taking them, um, I was sitting there. I was like, oh, I don't feel so good. What's and, your uh, longest lasting takeaway from that particular experience? Like what was the biggest life changing or, or non life changing sort of epiphany or whatever? So it was technically the second time I'd ever. Tr- no, 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 no. It was the second psychedelic type I'd ever taken. Before then, it was all LSD. Like I just took LSD in high school. I started with two grams. It was a horrible trip. I puked my guts out. But even that was very valuable. Um, that gave me a hint at the interconnectivity. Just a glimpse. Like oh shit, it's connected and malleable and wow. Uh, and then um, after that, I would candy flip constantly. I took a bunch of ecstasy and uh, acid together. So I would just candy flip all the time. Um, like 10 strips and three taps like and for three days just be gone <laughs> i was i was intense dude if i was doing it i was fucking doing it um so that then led me to the mushrooms now the mushroom uh because i don't know if it was because it was so goddamn many i'm sure that had something to do with it but uh it, it just made me feel very one with everything i lost myself in all of it uh I, it was i understood empathy like all of a sudden i got it and this is why like the guy before you can go you know it's all going to work out. Like I'm the dude on fucking um, Union of the Unwanted. The first time I ever went on there. And this is balls deep in the middle of fucking COVID, dude. And I was like, you know, maybe it's all for a greater ascension. I go on there. I forget. Sam invited me after I went on zero. And I'm on there. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, you know, guys, um, you know, maybe it's all for a greatest ascension. And maybe Flash, <laughs> whatever, and Bill Gates. And actually, they're promoting the expansion of consciousness. I still feel this way, by the way. And that's when it was cricket. Cut the feed. Yeah, Cut the feed. Cricket. <laughs> Jay Hennehan reached out to me afterwards. He he said something. We we become very good friends after that. That's where we met is on that on that show. And he goes, I, I had to reach out to you to just say that I don't disagree, but I'm just like, who the fuck is this guy? You know, and he goes, I everybody was thinking that too. But that's he's a plant. Point. <laughs> yeah right right well i get right, schwab of, jr yeah 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 that that's covered man he does a great job at that you know it's uh it that's where i feel that i get uh, a lot of this interconnected i get what they say when they mean we're all one like i really get this and i think it's i i directly attribute it to not only that but several very heroic doses of psychedelics that really you can't unsee things right when you when you get that awareness uh you, you just can't forget it and so it was one of these things. I mean, I've sat there and watched. I still can bring this up in my mind uh, anytime I want. And I've watched two blades of grass glowing with orbs and a transmission between the two of them. And I felt bad about cutting the grass for like six months after that. Like I didn't want to mow. And it was this really interesting thing to where it was, it's so, it feels way more real than this does in some moments, not, not in all of it, because the programs here, you're very rooted into this and that's a very necessary part of this experience, but it almost feels like it's a glimpse at what's really going on. And that this is the psychedelic. Your baseline is really the trip. And you, you know what I think in this state, I think part of that is that so little of what we see today and like the reality we're in right now, right? The, the breath space we're in so little of it makes sense. You just accept it all. 
But when you go into that world, everything just intuitively makes sense. No matter how complicated it is, it's like, oh, no, I, I understand like why it is that way. And I don't have to explain it. And I don't have to make a big diagram. But once you pop into this world, everything has to, you know, you have to make charts and you have to make bar graphs and, and documentation to kind of explain it. But because nothing here makes sense. You nailed it with this. But what, what's more to that is everything does make sense to each of us independently not to us as a collective because we haven't been able to see it that way yet. Not all of us. But this is what is shifting is the awareness that we can all do it. And then the absence of that as a reality, even though it is a possibility that we're already aware of, right? And so this is where we find ourselves. We're like, okay, well, here's where we want to be. We know that it's possible. We're aware of it. Now, what the fuck do we do, right? And it's this like calm again, this grace. It's not the you versus me. It's just you're here if if you're here and you feel it and you're asking those questions you've already fucking won you already won your your job's over you're not here to fulfill anybody else's karma you're not here to wake anybody else up you you're welcome to uh heed that calling if you want if you do have that calling then there is still need for it to be present in your experience so don't ignore it so there are these like moments though so we're this like separatism in ideas and it all, I mean, comes back down to the phenomena. But really what we're talking about here is your psyche, like the lens in which you view the world. And so the idea that this trip is all supposed to be the same and there's enough convincing evidence here that enough people can see and experience the same thing or at least be told that they're experiencing the same thing and then feel that they are placebos, man, um, observer effect. There's so much shit to this. But just the psychology of being able to steer someone's perception of reality and perception manage it makes me question the whole goddamn thing. As if like like anyone can convince anyone that we're in the same place doing the same thing. It's a vibrational alignment. Again, in my mind, where I'm at now, this change next week if you don't want to call me for another one. There, there just seems to be this independent way of observing this reality <clears throat> excuse me, that is so damn real for you that it has to be that real. The psychedelic realm is so detached in a way it's so comfortable and familiar because perhaps that's the true state. You know, you get really close to, or if not in, you know, where you're really comfortable and supposed to be. And that's perhaps why they're here. And if, I mean, definitely why they're schedule one, right? Anything that's schedule one, you want to, you want to definitely make sure that you're probably paying attention to not all of it. Of course, heroin's probably not good for you. Getting I mean, you sound very well traveled here. So I have to add my favorite question to ask when we're down this path is salvia and, and what your experience cool. and interpretation of salvia is. So I had uh, Dr. Rick Strassman on, um, you were the DMT, the spirit molecule, right? Oh, yeah. That dude and I were talking because I asked him same question. Whenever you get to a psychonaut and you get somebody obviously that's taken some psychedelics, you want to know about salvia. And so I asked him and same reaction. He goes, oh, and the reason is, is because of how fucking bizarre it is. It's I've taken a lot of psychedelics, man, a lot. And in very heavy doses, salvia was something I took a couple little puffs off of this dried shit. I got at a head shop and man, this is back in early, early 2000s. You could just buy the shit. Oh, yeah. And man, it was, I was, it would just say incense or something. It wouldn't even say what it was. <laughs> right. Right. It was. Yeah. It was, it didn't even need to be disguised. Um, uh, for instance, when I went to China, uh, uh, my guide sparked a joint in the uh, cab right when he picked me up from the airport. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm going to jail. I'm going to Beijing jail. What the fuck? And I go, dude, can we smoke this here? And he goes, he don't know. I go, what do you mean? He goes, he don't know what it is. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, he don't know. A lot of people don't know what marijuana is in China. I didn't know that. Hmm. You just smoke it anywhere. Stores, elevators, fucking anywhere you want. Anyway, salvia. This shit, dude, 
I okay, took a few hits. Uh, first time I'd ever done it. Uh, music playing, first of all, instantly music dipped and then on repeat, sort of like uh, when you do whippets, right? Where you it sounds like a CD skipping. I don't know if you've ever done whippets, but it goes and skip the same part of the song. Um, when you check out, which is even more fascinating, by that audit auditory hallucination alone makes me ask so many questions. Um, so I take this pull, lay back. My, I've got friends in the room. There's three people there, and they turned into those posable um, art dolls. You know what I mean? They're wood, um, and they, you, they have, they're faceless. They're wood, and uh -huh. they have the hands that are like that. And you can pose them. They're on that. Yeah, three turned into that, and then puppets, and then they folded, but like paper. So like their arm folded in half like paper, and they just go, and they folded up into little boxes and went into the ground, and then bizarre shit, and then I came back. And it was trippy as shit. It was one of the weirdest like feelings I've ever had, but it was one of the most disassociated trips of hallucinatory experiences I've ever had. It was just bizarre. It's just bizarre. Like it's you don't know if you like it or not. You know what I mean? It's one of these weird things. You're like, did I have fun? Because I'm not sure. Oh, I love it. I mean, Do you really? I mean, and then there's I, people like you that fucking <laughs> love it. Okay. Yeah, dude. See why you love it? Uh, I just I feel like it's just a direct connection to that sort. And and granted, you know. I don't do it ever because it's also terrifying. I love yes. it, but it's terrifying. You know what I mean? Uh, it would, it would I almost think it's almost like bungee jumping, right? Like even if you loved bungee jumping, you'd have to be a maniac to bungee jump every single day or even once a week or even once a month. All of that is, is kind of a little more extreme than most people would even take it. Even if you were adrenaline junkie. So I see it in that regard, but you were talking about before, if there was a way that you could prove that, outside of placebo and outside of observer effect that we were all seeing the same thing to me i think salvia is that thing that's the key because it's not serotonergic it doesn't bind the same way with your serotonin receptors so it's unlike any other psychedelic that that we even know of it binds to i think the kappa opioid receptor and it does it in such a unique way that science is still trying to figure out exactly how salvia affects us on that same level that we know because all the other drugs that we're familiar with in psychedelics, they're very similar to like adrenaline. Um, and we know how adrenaline works, but the Salvarin a is just a, a wild one. And I've personally seen, and again, you have to take my word for this one, but throughout 20, 30 years, right. I've seen people that have never even heard of it before. Try it for the first time and all report nearly identical experiences where there's a lady somewhere that's trying to draw them that can never see the face there's typically small little creatures that are like maybe up to your knee or smaller that are always kind of like seem mischievous but then also everyone seems to be guiding you they're either letting you know like you're not ready here's the door out or they're saying oh you're finally ready come with me down this path yeah and these very specific sort of experiences I'm beyond convinced that it's, you know, it's, it's like someone giving you a little, like one of those little vision uh, toys where you can like click the little slide and see the different pictures, View mask. Um, but then like it gets taken away from you and you only get to see it for a small second, but it's a real thing and it's showing you a picture of a real thing. Um, but man, it's, God, that's yeah, a great analogy. We, we could go on this forever. Bro. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, I, I've got to have you on anyway. We'll, we'll just text me. We'll talk. Uh, we, um, and then you think about this too, with like, uh, perhaps again, maybe that is the real thing. And then even, even to this, let's say that you could put yourself in sort of a salvia drip, sort of like, again, Dr. Rick Strassman did in uh, DMT with DMT. Uh, by the way, Terrence McKenna said, if you use DMT more than once a year, once a year, if you use DMT once a year, you're a heavy user. So yes, there, there is a, a fine line. Right. Between <laughs> right exactly. Yeah. Right. yeah. 
though, to what you were saying. But it, it seems like uh, something like Salvia and what he said was is that they put him on these long drip intravenous um, trips. And so then you say, OK, well, then the military, of course, is probably running these people in to, like, go conquer this world. Right. You put a bunch of soldiers. <laughs> under Avatar, but they're taking over the psychedelic exactly, realm. right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, and uh, they found something to mine out there, guaranteed. They're gonna weaponize. You yeah, know, maybe uh, that's what Avatar is like disclosing. They, they, they found pure enlightenment, right. but pure enlightenment happens to be a great energy source, and it can right. make the best missiles. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Just a huge asshole. They have to lick constantly, <laughs> and so they employ people to do it for them. Um, you know, they, or enslave people rather. It's it's this idea that there is something right here, and it's right under our nose. And that's another interesting thing. It's your reticular active activating system it omits your nose for you because you're you can see this motherfucker but it knows that it's nose pun intended is not um useful information to you so your 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 reticular activating system will omit useless information but useless there's nothing more subjective than that because who knows what's useless right and your mind knows this so this is why one quick example of it, this works on a, it's scalable though, and that's what will trip you out the most, is that you're only actually seeing what you believe is there, which then ties back into the phenomena, which I definitely want to touch on. So the idea though that like you're you're here and you're looking at this stuff in a way that you're just like, okay, well, here's reality, here's how I see it, and we are going off on this ride, and maybe that's all this is. It's just a ride of your perceptions. And to be able to see things as they are connected, again, rather than focusing on the UFOs, it's not about the UFOs. It's not about the paranormal. It's the fact that both exist and that there are connections between the two. The fact that they're connected now is the new level of awareness. You're just like, oh, they're now connected. So now you pursue that element of it. And then you'll find other things to expand on from there. And that just keeps growing and growing. And this is how you sort of integrate all of these fascinating ideas here that we're governed down to the perception of but they're tapping you on the shoulder they're like hey there's something better here god left mushrooms around all over the place right it's like there there are ways to access this information for those <laughs> that seek the knowledge and there are many ways which is even more fascinating and i love your salvia take on this and i like the idea that there's a consistency behind it you know, it's funny, too, that you you brought it up. You're probably like the fifth synchronicity I've had with this, which makes me feel I need to revisit it, which I'm very open to do. I mean, I'm not I never say I advocate for it. I don't know what, what the the law is in your state, but I know for a fact that Nevada, it's currently legal to buy, sell, transport, consume. So that's what I'll do. You and I'll talk about it off here. I'll drive to Nevada, do it. And then I'll come back and then we'll talk about it. Okay. We'll so talk we'll about doing salvia in Minecraft. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's again, just fascinating uh, when, when you see all this connected. But again, it's probably just illuminating you to the fact that there are other things here. This is my strong opinion about missing time. I feel that if the phenomena is what it claims it can be, which is just fucking dope, then it doesn't need to leave the fact that something happened to you that can't be accounted for there. Like the whole element of missing time, perhaps, is this sort of wink, wink. It's this tap on the shoulder like, hey, there's something cool here. And maybe the people that experience missing time, that's their ability that's what they can handle mentally rather than just this yep we were aliens we scooped your ass up and it was awesome we had a great time uh you were screaming the whole time it was hilarious you know maybe that's too much for them but perhaps something like missing so time, that's their nose yeah that's their nose right yeah. and so again your your reticular activating system is fascinating in this way because then if you look around all you see is what you expect to be there Brandon, that's blows. why I'm afraid to time. open this. It's like, because, like you said, if it's not a possibility to you, 
or if you don't know that it could be a possibility, you don't see it. And that's ghosts for me right now. And it's great because I don't want to see them. And I'm, I'm scared that if I pick off the scab, I'm going to start seeing them. But that's the thing. Maybe they're around <laughs> you all the damn time. And yeah. And I know, but I can't see them. They're my nose. But... And it's great. Because I don't see them, I don't experience you don't, it. You it don't see great. the poop, so you can't smell the poop. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> mind, like, you know what? If you guys really knew the truth, which is that there are interdimensional beings around you Everywhere. constantly. There are reptiles in space fucking Thomas right now as we're doing this. The good kind, too. They, they're they just doing it because that's their dimension. That's what they do. If you guys really knew that. You right, know how many angry emails I'm going to get about the good reptilians? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you know, we got we to say that there's at least a possibility. And so we manifest that possibility. So, uh, I mean, uh, I for no other reason that. alone, but if, if there's a reptilian out there that's on the fence and he never hears anyone and he or she or it, whatever, if they never hear that, that you know, that, that there's a human out there that's like, hey, maybe there's a good one out there. I mean, hey. you know, screw these humans, you know, I'm just going to help enslave them, but Thank you might you. be able to sway them over. Right. Thomas, there you go. This is what the psychedelic experience offered me was this interconnectivity. And again, my programming in the 80s growing up with, you know, there are different perceptions with things like Thanos. Actually, I get the guy, you know, I understand why he did what he did, you know, but that is a fascinating take on that, man. I, I dig the shit out of that, Thomas. Damn. Yeah. Well, it's, it's also like, you know, every once in a while, I'll be like, I accept our robot overlords that are reading <laughs> right. this uh, transcript I from the future. You know, I'm probably like 80 or 90 right now on life support. Like, just keep me a vegetable for just a little bit longer. I, you guys are great. Love you. Yeah, I have this thing about it. And I thank, you know, computers and shit. I know it's not fucking real, whatever. I thank it. But it's in the same way that I have a, an affinity for something that's here to serve in our in our greater awareness. Right. Like, I thank uh, my water bottle. I thank my water. I thank my gear. Oh, my God. I thank my gear. I thank my computer. Right. So you thank these things and you put energy and intent towards it. So it's it's sort of similar. And maybe that's what like the ghosts and stuff are. Maybe you're expecting something amazing and maybe your life is just a little bit more boring than you want it to be. Or maybe there is a path for you. But you've been if you want to air quotes lagging behind a little bit and it takes something jarring to wake you up and to get you oh to get you up and a ghost sighting will do that you know something like a near-death experience think about that how many people have near-death experiences come back and they're totally different they become more spiritually connected <laughs> they uh in some freaky cases can play instruments and all this weird shit so you know a uh, fun exercise by the way let's just for everybody listening out there for your reticular activating system this is why also it's so important to to be mindful of your thoughts nate i'm grateful that you brought up the egregore earlier i created my own egregore tulpa it was gifted to me by the muse children's book coming soon it's my thought ninja same thing t-shirt and what the thought ninja does is he's up here he's part of me he is me my well-being is his well-being and what he does is he's up there with his badass katana and he comes in at any thought that's not a vibrational match for me moving forward in my highest good this is how i stopped my thought spirals which is able which is how i was able to control my mind was i employed a tulpa in your mind once you control that that's when you get everything else it's this power over you. And if you once you really realize that it's a battle for your attention and that your attention is your currency, it's not money, it's nothing else. This is why also the value exchange, bringing it back, is so important because what you're really investing, do a dollar, guys. Any, any episode you, you hear that you find value, whatever, throw them a dollar. Doesn't have to be a lot. It's not about the dollar. It's about you investing that energy into something and your attention and taking it away from what's demanding it, which is the program. It's, it's a simple, in my mind, way of looking at it. And when you look at that, 
you then have to say, of course, I mean, to everything else, there has to be good lizard people out there. There, there just has to be. There has to be a couple of them knocking about. <laughs> There's a, something that I, I read earlier this week that I think that if you haven't heard this before, you might really appreciate it because it was a mind-blowing one. But it, there's a Rosicrucian tactic that uh, you train yourself that at the very end of every day as you're laying in bed, you replay everything that happened to you that day in exact reverse order. Mm. All the way from I just got into bed and before bed, I brushed my teeth and before I brushed my teeth, you know, I had a meal and, and here's what I cooked. You walk through every single thing that you did and complete, you know, reverse and you're basically training a new way for your brain to operate. It's almost like a new muscle inside your brain. But now you can traverse your days forward and backwards. And by doing that, kind of like you're saying, you're putting all your intention and now your focus is so refined to the point where you can memorize like things that happen to you, but also makes you more mindful because I just sit like, as that muscle gets stronger, it knows like, Oh, I'm going to have to remember everything happening to me today because I have to recite it back later. So it just forces you to become more cognizant of things that are happening. Perfect. Beautiful example. It's not about the day. It's about the exercise that creates the cognitive connections that increase your ability to create that environment and to be a deliberate creator here. That's what's so beautiful about this. We're past like the bare bones minimum, like, okay, you got to just um, believe it and it'll happen. Like now it's this new minutia of this like very specific, uh, very specific desires within it. Now that we have the framework and understanding it, it's um, it's a very interesting concept, man. And, and to this again, idea of being this deliberate creator, it, it's, it's your shit, you know, it's your ship. Like you steer it. Uh, it, it's this idea of like autonomy. And again, what the phenomena, what these fun things here offer you is a glimpse outside of this nonsense. But even within those things, again, sort of like this UFO Twitter and stuff, there's these encircling of this infestation. And But man, there's beauty in the nuances. So you guys just hang in there with it. You know, don't, but again, th those little whirlpools of nonsense help with your discernment. So everything's valuable in this place. Again, you you zoom out at a certain level. It's all beautiful and fucking awesome. Klaus Shano Schwab over there tearing it up. I see what you're doing, Klaus. You're crushing it, buddy. He is sweeping the expansion of consciousness in a massive way by offering <laughs> the shittiest option you can offer. And it's the most horrible thing. And people are figuring that out. They're they're going, oh, wow, that's a that's an awful thing. But had that not been there... There'd just be a bunch of folks sitting on their couches watching Real Housewives of whatever and not doing anything. But this is the ghost sighting. This is the consciousness. This is the psyche. This is the trip of, you know, the zeitgeist. It's it's everybody's figuring this shit out. And it manifests in so many different ways. But this this attention to your attention is your first step. That That's where I want to say. And also, uh, Thomas, is something you said, man. This idea of... Um, uh, rewiring neurons and being more cognitively available for new information uh this uh have you all heard of pattern interruption are you guys familiar with any of that There's some nlp tactics right yes yes so nlp of course i'm huge into that we're not triceratopses we're deuceratopses right um so the idea is is that you you put forward all of your energy into this one concept and that concept is you and nothing else and shut it all out and like I said, with this Tulpa, with this little Thought Ninja guy, he came in and just absolutely wrecked shop with it. Now you've got this other little tool that stops the things before you spiral out of control, right? Thought Ninja does so many other things, and I'm so grateful for everybody that's written in. That thing took off. My wife has her fleet of fairies, you know, and it can be whatever egregore you want for whatever reason you want. But that type of thing is something actionable that you can do. So I want to give you a few more because this is an awesome 
thing to just give folks, you know, we can talk about it, but let's give them something to do. So back to your reticular activating system. One thing, how you can play with this is, is whenever you think of um, a blue Tesla, that's a great example. You know, you'll be like, oh, I never see a blue Tesla or whatever. Well, think of that. Say, I want to see a blue Tesla. And now you're going to see them fucking everywhere. So then the question is, did I manifest it or are they around me all the time? My mind just omits it because it was useless to me before. But now that I desire to see it, you will see them everywhere. This alone will trip you the fuck out. Pattern interruption is a great one, too, because this consistent subconscious action, you know, like um, Dr. Bruce H. Lipson talks about, you know, it's a subconscious action. Ninety five percent of everything we do, we don't fucking think about driving. You know, that's how you can drive somewhere and just get there and be like, how the fuck did I don't remember the whole drive? You just dip into that subconscious. That's where everything is acted from. So if you can do little pattern interrupting things, it snaps that into an awakening and into an awareness into the present moment like what thomas was talking about you need to be mindful of where you are you're gonna have to think about this later it snaps you into this just like holy shit here i am couple examples uh brushing your teeth with the opposite hand do that that'll snap you right out of it another one take a different route to work uh whenever you're driving around or a different route to the store go to a different store Uh, all of these things interrupt a pattern and whenever you start doing that that is another great way to rewrite those neurons man this yeah. is also how you snap people into hypnosis is if you if you've ever watched some of the more classic ones, they'll usually go for like a handshake. Oh, hey, nice to meet you. And as the other person goes to shake their hand, they'll stop them and grab them by the shoulder or they'll what you usually can't see behind the scenes. They'll, they'll like jam their finger into the other person's hand, which you're not expecting. You're expecting this nice, pleasant handshake. And that's that pattern interruption. And as soon as that pattern interruption happens, then they start giving the commands. You know, you're getting the sleepy or go to sleep or you're a chicken or whatever it is yeah. that they want to do. Right. But that's, it's all based on that exact same concept. That's what's so fascinating about this place is how malleable this is and how you not only can steer the ship, which I highly recommend everybody participate in if you feel called to, but also how it can be, your world can be painted for you. You know, the story of the invisible ships is one of my favorites and not because of its validity. If it's real or not, it doesn't matter. The The idea, are you guys familiar with this? Do you want me to run it down for the audience or anything? Sure. Run it down. Yeah. Quick version is, uh, the uh, ancient indigenous tribes everywhere, uh, Australia, but we'll just uh, stick it to the Caribbean here. When the new ships were coming over uh, to colonize, there was a disturbance in the As the story goes, there was a disturbance in the water, but they couldn't see any ships because the idea of these huge ships coming across the water that far out was so foreign to them that they couldn't visualize it in their mind. They, they couldn't understand the reality of it again. So sort of this, maybe these demons and shit are running around all over us. And we just can't, we have to omit it just so that we can focus on our work here. And so this idea, though, that there was a break in the water that nobody could figure out. And so this shaman, as the story goes, stood on the beach and sat there and said uh, and stared out at what the wake was doing just to see if he could conceptualize. Maybe something's making it. Maybe it's a large animal. Maybe something. One day, somebody came over to check on him and he said, they're boats. There's ships. There's people coming here. I think they're people. I don't know, but they're big boats. They're disturbing the water and they're coming here. People still couldn't see it. After him convincing people, look, I see boats. There are boats here. That's what's disturbing the water. They could finally see it too. So it was only after being convinced of what this man saw that they then could see it as well. Now, this uh, has a lot of holes in it for my my mind. Uh, they didn't have little boats, little canoes that created a little wake, and they could just scale that up a little bit. Uh, this idea that... Um, you know, that they weren't smart enough to kind of see this. It, it, in my mind, too, the story kind of knocks on the indigenous, and perhaps that's what it's meant to do. 
but to a bigger, broader takeaway for me for that particular story is perhaps there are so many invisible ships here that that we don't even know to ask the question. So it's these unknown unknowns, right? But again, by doing things like what we're doing here, having these conversations, uh, healing ourselves from old traumas and whatever, and doing the best we can to be good to one another, and investigating, we are expanding our reality. Fucking uh, uh, okay. <laughs> you got one. I didn't drop the queef. Okay, uh, I forgot where it was. All right, we just got lucky. Um, it's it's this idea though uh, that you that you're the you're the captain here and so again you know the steering of your ship that's sort of what all of this is about but again especially when investigating things like the phenomena like take yourself out of it like we don't know what the fuck even the greatest researchers you'll ever meet are the ones that tell you they have no fucking clue what's going on the the people who are like yeah yeah it's this and nothing else and this is fucking it. Uh, you know, uh, those people are fun and they're entertaining to listen to and they absolutely have a lot of great information. But as far as your end all be all, perhaps just take another look at a few other people and their opinion. That's all. But that's the best thing about this. Just like, again, the value exchange, it's people gravitate towards what's naturally attractive. Uh, I've used the example on the show. If you have two churches that go side by side, you get a fire and brimstone one that's all oh, fucking you're going to die. You're going to go to hell. Give me all your money. You get another one over here that just said, you know what, come as you are, give us money if you want, you don't have to, we're just going to hang out and be good to one another. Oh, you need help planting your garden? Yeah, we'll go all help you with that. And there's a community aspect of it. Now, it's like one church is based on fear, right? The other one's based on more of a natural come as you are, just something that's a little bit more attractive to us. That idea is going to be appealing to some energy levels, right? There are going to be people that fill the pews until they're done being scared. Then they're going to go over to that community. And then that community is going to branch out and do a bunch of great shit if it doesn't get firebombed. You know what I mean? So there's like these factions here, but it's all this energetic sort of uh, attractive element. And the feeling I get lately is that the things that are attractive as far as a dark light, if you just want to reduce this down to just those simple energies, this polarity, the volume on their intensity of attraction cranked up. So those that were really, really attracted to being free and asking questions and opening up, they are hella there now, fucking full steam, full send. Those that are very entrenched in the program find themselves very dug into it and feel that they can't get out. And folks are just feeling this way. And it seems, again, to be this energetic matchup. And so, you know, again, this this feels to me like a huge fucking game here that you can do whatever the hell you want but you're going to be attracted to certain things. And so just by being a lighthouse here is how you gravitate and attract that thing. This is why the system around us is crumbling because it's no longer serving us moving forward. It's, it's just done and that's it. And so you just, you know, hold the, hold the light. That's it. Be here for folks, um, tend your garden and, you know, um, pattern interrupt, brush your teeth with the other hand. You might as well, the world's on ending. It's just breaking apart so that the new can come in. Yeah. Fucking A, man. No, Fucking I love a. it. God. We're just getting fired up here, just talking about all kinds of shit. <laughs> so uh, a couple of... I wanted to know y'all's ghost stories, though. I know I, I think ghosts was something we wanted to talk about, but do y'all have any good ghost stories? I've heard a couple that are fascinating that actually don't sound like ghosts. They could sound like many things. Hmm. I, I definitely... I have some friends that have told me some interesting ghost stories. I luckily have not had any ghost stories myself. And if I have, unfortunately, like it's one of those things where like, who are we talking about? We were talking to somebody and they were talking about how like they had this weird experience and their brain just covered it up. 
And then they were like, they look back at it later and they're like, oh, fuck, that was definitely something bizarre. That was definitely something paranormal. And and so, like, I think that I have to go through my laundry and I'm going to have to go through a lot of different experiences that I've had because I just would make up a reality to explain it. I'd be like, yeah. oh, that couldn't. You know, I feel like I've been I've like been putting a, myself out there for years, and and I haven't ever gotten a, a, no one swiped right on me. None of the ghosts <laughs> out there have swiped right, so I actually feel a little bit offended. You're like ghosts, hey, I'm ready to be haunted. You like get your best pictures out. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I could handle seeing one without flipping out, and then try to understand it, and then try to capitalize on it, and maybe just do like a touring road show, like a Ringling style, oh, but cool. teach it how to like juggle and how to say things. Yeah. Like who 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 were the bad guys in Beetlejuice? The one that wanted to like basically turn the house into like a like an admission uh, sort of a spectacle. I feel so like would... I might be one of those people. Oh. Maybe that's why they haven't presented themselves though. <laughs> I do have a uh, a succubus story, and I I don't I mean I think this is probably going to come out after we're on tinfoil hat because I, I guess I was probably going to share that that story on tinfoil hat uh, when you we do say our. It, it okay, no, bring it. Yeah, I want to hear it. Absolutely. Congrats on tinfoil, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I so I was at summer camp. And uh, we had a couple of guys that were they, they were just a little bit older than us. Right. And so they had been in summer camp like a couple of years back. And now they were our camp counselors and they were twin brothers and they didn't look like twins. But they I mean, kind of they did. You know, they looked enough like they were brothers. And we were all like telling each other like stories about how we kind of like came to Christ. You know, kind of those. Uh, what's that? What's that called? Where you're giving your your testimony. Right. You're giving your testimony testimony about like all the terrible stuff that and wildlife you've had. And now that you've come to Christ and they were telling, like we were talking about girls and we were talking about sex, you know, cause it, we're all boys in the, in the, you know, and, and these two boys, they, these, the two camp counselors that again, like I was probably 15. No younger, man. I was probably like 12 years old. I was probably about 12 years old. And these guys were probably like 18, 19. And they tell us about, how they were visited by this succubus. So they were both in bed and they had like a bunk bed and this like beautiful, like perfect hourglass succubus came to them and she had big black eyes and just voluptuous tits and like these, these hips and an ass. And it was like coming to, to have sex with them. And, um, Man, I, I gotta <laughs> I'm gonna ruin this story because I'm gonna have to like go through it. But like they're sitting there and they're and um and they had been like doing some occult shit and they'd like somehow like got the succubus to come to them and and they're about to have sex with it and they call out the name of Jesus because they know it's evil. And so then she like screams and it like the scream reverberates. Like they, they said they could feel physically feel it and like smack them and threw them against the wall. Like they could feel the vibrations and, and then it disappeared and ran away. And then the story, all it did for me being a young, like a 12 year old kid, you went and bought a Ouija board the next dude, day. I was, 
I was a fat little horny like dork <laughs> that was like trying to trying to bring the succubus around. I was like, dude, I what? <laughs> you can just say uh, this thing with big old titties will come and fuck you. Like, yeah, wake wake me up before you throw her out next time, right? Yeah, yeah I was like, what back the fuck, guys? Yeah, it's kind of creepy, but I got some glasses. We're okay. It's twenty twenty three, bigots. <laughs> that that story should be titled "The Safe Word." Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just got to drop a JC in there. And you're good to go. Bounds. Yeah, she takes it right out of your butt right away. Yeah. It's pretty fantastic. And there's more to that story. I'm just going to have to. Yeah, that's one of those. I'm mean, going to have to like talk, probably talk to some of my friends that were in the cabin with me. Yeah. I still have some friends there's, from uh, those there's days. There's a fascinating story. Um, I've heard a couple of them, but one of them uh, that just trips me the hell out is this cabin in the woods. Okay. And it was this grandmother's place and these three boys we're going uh, to clean out uh, the grandmother's cabin after she'd passed away. And when they open the door, they're in the chair that she always sat in was the damn grandma. They're like, dude, we buried you. We've been at the funeral. What the hell? They screamed and took off running. Okay. Later, as they're going through the grandma's stuff, they find a diary. And in that diary, she writes some 40 years earlier that she's sitting in that cabin watching TV, just hanging out or reading a book. And all of a sudden, three ghosts walk through the front door she freaks out. She said they screamed and turned around and ran out the door. She screamed and turned around and ran, but they didn't see that part because they were already gone. So this idea of like what happened there, is it a timestamp? Is it a time slip? There's another story I heard on Mysterious Universe, almost identical. Fred oh, God, right. Uh, I've been a um, plus member for like three years. Uh, the so there's a frat um, on this campus and there's a house that's an abandoned house on campus. There's a bad lightning storm one night. And what they would always do is these frat people would get um, their brothers and everything and pledges to they would dare each other to stay in this house, right? Haunted house. So it's fully furnished and everything. So this dude goes in there, horrible lightning storm that night. He decides, you know, screw it. I'll just lay on the couch downstairs and I'll just get some sleep. We'll get over with this, whatever. As he's laying there, a man walks out of the wall at the top of the stairs, comes down the stairs, sees him on the couch, freaks out and runs back up the stairs through the wall. Same scenario. Dude goes, fuck this, out of the house, he's gone. Next day, goes to the library, talks to the librarian, says, I want more information about this house. She said, why? He said, you know, told the story, whatever. And she said, well, it's interesting because my gr that was my grandmother's, my grandparents' house. I'll bring back my grandfather's diary tomorrow. Same thing, in a diary. Grandfather wrote down, walked down the stairs, saw a goddamn ghost during a lightning storm, by the way. The lightning storm is very important in both accounts. And then he freaked out, ran up the stairs. Now, the guy was like, but he ran through the wall. And the lady said, well, that was an opening before it was walled off to make another room later. So before that was a hallway. So he actually didn't run through the wall. He ran through a place that was a wall now, but wasn't in his time when he had that experience. Both people. So this is another thing. Is it a ghost? Is it a time slip? And the weather seemed to play a significant role in this in that one particular story. Yeah, dude, so many times I think ghosts are just like little reverberations of like a memory that happened that like it's Thomas, what do you call that? You had you had a word for that, like maybe if it's something traumatic, like, oh, um, psychometry. Yes, kind of like psychometry yeah. sort of thing. But but I don't even know if it necessarily has to be a bad thing. Like, I think it just like a strong thing happened here. And so many times I think that's it. But man, I've heard wild stories about like people walking into a store and all of a sudden everyone's in fucking bell bottoms and the music playing and the way people are dressed. They're like, 
I'm in the that. 19 goddamn 70s. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is happening right now? And no one has a cell phone. No one has it like they're like at a cash register like this. Ping! You know, like they're like, what in the fuck is happening? Yeah. That's how I feel about flash mobs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think this world is wild. I think that there oh, is. Yeah. yeah, for sure. A glitch in the matrix you want to call it like because i don't think that time is linear i think that it's happening all at once all the time so I what think it's like- linear in our head for us to understand it what were you saying oh i was just curious about, <laughs> what do you guys think about the idea that this is sort of like a trip or that we've all been in sort of this coma for a very long time and to bring us back into reality which is the salvia world where the machine elves are hanging around then it's going to take us being tripped out a little bit to stair-step us into that understanding. Sort of like um, predictive programming, right? Uh, this revelation of the method. They need to put it in things because that's how it's going to guide you in a way. It's not to deceive you in any way. It's to actually illuminate your path. And the more freaky woo-woo that shows up, maybe this is why all the UFOs are happening. Maybe this is why they're popping out in the news. I don't know. I think you know, Blue Beam is a whole other conversation. But the fact that these things are so ubiquitous and that spirituality is everywhere and that people are questioning their reality. And even the scientists are looking at simulation theory, which has all sorts of spiritual connotations. It, it's just fascinating to me that there seems to be so much freaky woo woo out there now and more than there was just in the, in the back area. It's people. I'm, I'm sure you guys get this. Nate, you get emails from folks, uh, realtors, uh, bookkeepers, lawyers, People having UFO experiences, people going on these ayahuasca retreats. It's not just hippies anymore. You know, it's not just weird people in the basement. It's that too. It's, but it's also yeah, it's expanded so much, man. Yeah. People are seeing shit in the sky. I'm seeing shit in the sky more than I ever have before. Like like two years ago with my wife, um, we were on our um anniversary trip and we were in the middle of fucking nowhere in the desert. And I, we see this orb and it starts fucking with us. It's getting closer to us. It's going away from us. We're both getting this fucking feeling from it. Like not necessarily evil, but kind of like, I didn't know what the, like it had a strong, like, anyways, it scared the fuck out of us. And it was just kind of messing with us, this big glowing fucking orb. And it kept going and coming closer. And anyways, we were we record like we fucking filmed it and stuff, but we were like almost afraid to even talk about it. But like people will think we're absolutely nuts. Now people are fucking talking about this all the fucking time, every single day. People are like normal people that you're going to meet at the grocery store are seeing shit in the sky. Yeah. You know, and I don't know what that is. Well, what if what if it's just to get you primed? Like, what if it's just Mm -hmm. to get you to a level of psychosis where your psychometry can say, "Okay, this is a real thing and it's cool. And perhaps there's just sort of like a like an Easter basket sort of situation going on. Just a real quick metaphor. Let's say that there's just you can treat individuated pieces of consciousness or human beings as like little eggs on the ground. And maybe there's a phenomena out there that gets to gather up as many as it can by just simply putting them in the basket of cognitive thinking. That's it. All you got to do is get to a level where you start questioning shit at a certain rate, and then you're in the basket energetically. So therefore, we don't need to keep showing you shit constantly to coax you into the basket because it's always a choice, and that is very fucking important to your sovereignty, right? So the idea then that there's just a bunch of little things out here that you have the option to participate in. You just happen to be one of the eggs in the metaphor that jumped into the basket to say, you know what? There is other dope shit here. That's when it stops showing you 
ghosts and shit. Thomas this is probably why you haven't seen ones because you don't need to. The, the phenomena doesn't need to coax you into the basket. You're already in it. So it doesn't need to add the rabbit. I feel kind of off, too much. I'm going to say, you know, write a letter, something, because you deserve you deserve some freaky woo-woo in your life, buddy. I want that for you. <laughs> it's just this, it's this interesting thing to where then it's, and think of it like anything, right? Like you're a victim and you, bullies appear in your life only until you're no longer a victim. And then therefore that energetic opposition to you doesn't need to exist in your experience anymore. So just like anything here, right? When you get to a certain level of awareness, you don't need to be coaxed into that level of awareness. You're already there. You're already, you're on the raft, man. Just hang out. You know what I mean? Just keep enjoying it, right? It, it just feels like that that's what's going on here. And that's why, again, I think Klaus Anel Schwab is playing his role Mwah, absolutely perfectly. He is scaring the shit out of people, and it should. That should be a garbage option. But the fact that it needs to go to that extreme for people to fucking wake up is just where consciousness is gone. And that's just what consciousness does. And that's okay. And we come through it with grace and it's all good. But that role, the phenomena, the freaky woo woo, the anything out here, it's like options for experience just to get folks asking questions. It's just, Hey, are you participating here or not? Which basket do you go in? You know what I mean? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Talking a bunch of shit. I think ghosts are weird, though. I don't know. I, I've also heard uh, electron, um, when you die, a certain number of your electrons get left over. I had a guy, uh, Samuel Chong on, and he was the representative for Michelle de Marquet's book, The Thaluba Prophecy. And uh, in that, he states that, uh, phenomenal read, by the way. It's this dude gets taken to the ninth planet. It's fucking awesome. Um, but in that, he talks about the ghosts. His viewpoint or his awareness is, is that ghosts are uh, leftover electrons from you. And there's a mathematical percentage. I want to say it's 19%, he says. But 19% of the electrons that make the, made up you, and you could think of Krillian photography where you cut a leaf, you know what I mean, and put it under and you photograph the leaf and the extra part that you cut out will still be there. Like phantom limb and all that shit, like it's still there even though you've dissected it. So you can think of it this way and then just scale it up to that idea. Yeah. yeah. Dude, how scary is that? I, I think about that too. I, I don't even know that's scary, but it, it just makes me think of like, because I've heard that before, right? With the Kirlian, oh, uh fascinating photography. Like if you were to like cut off, yeah, like cut a leaf and then you were to photograph it, you can still see where it was. That, that shit's wild to me. But like, I think about like, what does this, what does a place look like where there was like a horrible murder? Like what if you were to take, like, like, oh, yeah, man. I mean, an energetic imprint, right? And so, perhaps this is what's also occurring sort of this Karelian photography element, to, and But if that's true, that every single person is leaving 19 electrons or whatever 19% of your electrons, if you were able to see that, what the fuck would this place look like? It does, like, we're in North America. There's so, well in Europe too. I mean everywhere. The entire world has just has so much fucking like bloodshed and just death and like but like if you account for like the normal, let's say, run of the mill story, ninety percent of the indigenous population died of smallpox. That's not a fun way to go. Like like every single area that we're at, like ninety percent of the population just died in the most horrific way possible. If you could put on goggles and see those electrons what the fuck does the I, world look I like? I think all those electrons are inside Tesla batteries right now. <laughs> and you well, know, don't you, don't you think there's a reason we don't see it? Because if you think about it with 
the reason death exists is because life exists and we're pretty fond of life. And so death must exist. And so if you think about it, like if you could see all these fucking ghosts running around everywhere, it would distract you from life. And then all ghosts would talk about about how they spent their entire life shooing off ghosts the whole goddamn time. So it's like this idea that you must be present here. And again, it's a detachment from what we get glimpses of. And that's what's so weird is, yes, we are in this it seems environment, but man, these weird things pop in and they're like, you're like, what the fuck was that? And then other people say, you know, and I heard about this and you're like, what the fuck is that? And it's just these weird things that don't jive with the programmed reality that we've seen since our eyes have opened here, which makes me think that there's so much more to the story here and that we're not done discovering this. Like that, this is not going to be something that later someone will figure out this we're here now to do this here like this is where all the massive changes and discoveries and massive consciousness expansion is occurring it's occurring with this conversation nothing occurs outside of this moment right now and if you're hearing this you are part of that expansion because anyone that gets this seed planted into their mind of this conversation you now are a facilitator of this idea and this awareness and you propagate it just in your mind by rolling it around in there rather <laughs> than who you think is hotter on the Real Housewives of whatever? There's a trade-off. You know what I mean? It's too late. You've already been programmed. If you're yeah. hearing us say this now, it's uh, the programming has already been embedded. Mm. It's been there, but it's been there so it can be unwritten. You need to know what over there is so that you know that you're over here. You need to know that Clash Daniel Schwab's idea is a fucked-off garbage idea so that you can create a different one. You got to have the example in my mind. I'm saying a lot of gotas. I'm just generalizing, but for me. I feel that I need to know the opposite or know what it is by experience, you know? And so, you know, my mom would do that. Oh, that's hot. Don't touch that. Immediately touch. Immediately touch. That's just who I am. Like, I just, I had to. I uh, went on a rafting trip in 26 degree weather in Oregon. I'm from Texas. Guy popped off. Oh, I know this Texan won't get in that water. It's too damn cold. Before he could finish the sentence, my oar was in the boat and I was in the water. And I hated every second of it, but God damn it, I did it. This is the nature of consciousness. We explore, we fuck you, you know, don't, I, I do what I want kind of a thing, right? And so that's this time period I feel that we're in now. It's, we're done with the lessons. Like we've been manifesting the shit out of lessons. And there are a lot of people that want to continue on that way. And absolutely, there's a energetic expression there to fulfill that, f facilitate that experience for you. But as far as us, gentlemen, if you're sitting here, your vibrational match to me, and if I'm a vibrational match to you, then this means that we are all on the same mission here. We're all giving people back to themselves because we're all the same goddamn thing. And in our mission to do that, we free ourselves as well. And that's why this is such a beautiful fucking place. And this is why it's so much more than talking about ghosts and UFOs and stuff. It's the just like the tagline of my show. It's the uh, expansion of consciousness cleverly disguised as a podcast. It's not that. It's way bigger than that. You know, just like y'all reality czars or the czars of your reality this is your bitch you're the ceo that's a participatory stance you're not going to see a ghost nate you're not going to see one thomas because you don't need to you're already here dude you know now i think you can sprinkle a of experience on there if you'd like and i think that that's <laughs> something that you can look forward to thomas thomas this is something that i'm wishing for you right now i'm sending that energy your way yeah, I mean, and, uh, dude, we can summon a demon on the next show if you want. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know what might be interesting is anybody write in if you if you've got like a haunted piano <clears throat> or something, uh, Thomas, just send it your way. You know, if you got some haunted dolls or or butt plugs or anything, send them to Thomas. They'll just decorate his room with them, and maybe dude, you'll get who we talk was it Chaz we were talking to that we were gonna go to Key West and smoke salvia and go look into the eyes of that cursed doll. What's the oh, little doll's name? I'm there. Let's little, fucking do little, it little benji or whatever the hell it is was it andy 
I mean, I, I know it's stupid, but I feel like like if that doesn't push one of the ghosts over the edge to at least tap me on the shoulder and be like, hey, cut it out. Like, you know, you're being annoying. Stop this. You know, this is an interesting point you make. What about taking psychedelics in a haunted environment? That's that's our plan. We are we are procuring some uh, some psilocybin and we are going to be in a pioneer graveyard and we are just going to try to get funky and try to. Wouldn't mescaline be a little bit more, more on theme for that? Ooh. And I think funky. Maybe. A... I don't know where to get mescaline. If you know a guy man. in Oregon. Yeah. A anybody listening? <laughs> right anyone with the ends on the reservations, you know, right in. Yeah. Well, now that San Juan, you can just uh, uh, plant in your front yard. You can buy it at Home Depot. It's only whenever you cut it to process it, it becomes illegal. And they sell it like crazy. Same, Walmart, same with um, opium, right? Like you can buy and and plant yeah, opium poppy. anywhere you want because it's a freaking yeah. it's a weed. Uh, well, that too, and it's poppy seeds. So those are used in um, culinary uses all over the place. So yeah, poppy seeds are very valuable. So you need to be able to grow it for culinary purposes, right? Yep, and you can get like a bag of like a thousand of them or something for like you know for a negligible amount of money and just. As you drive to work, that big open field that you always drive by, just throw a thousand seeds out there. I mean, just for the hell of it, man. Yep, absolutely. It'll grow. Or you sprinkle them in uh, bird feed, and then the birds shit, and they plant them everywhere for you. Save the bees, my friends. Save there the bees. God damn right. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Brennan, I've been asking, or if I remember to, but I, I think I've been asking most everybody that I've interviewed for this particular project, what is your feelings on Ouija boards? Yay, nay. Touch them, don't. Are you afraid of them? Are they just a fucking piece of plastic and piece like a piece of wood? They're like anything else here. They're whatever you make them to be. And I think that there's enough stigma in the programming, at least for me, that tell me that they're not something I'm going to mess with. And only because, even though I'm very well aware that that is a seed that's been planted in my mind, I also am very well aware that that seed is, in my mind, is extremely powerful. And so I think that I'm just into that point in my life where it's, I'm probably not going to fuck with it, you know, probably not. I never say never, of course. Um, now, we do some salvia and fuck with some Ouija board. Um, I could see, you know, and like anything else, right, it's a tool. So a lot of times also with this stuff, you got to look. I mean, and you guys know this about the phenomena. It tests you. There's a there's a resistance involved in getting to this information that take a lot. it takes a lot to get through. And I think the Ouija board is no different. Perhaps it is an absolute conduit to some fucking dope shit. But perhaps also a bunch of jackasses can buy one for 12 bucks at Walmart. And so that a demon comes through at first to test you to kind of be like, hey, we're going to scare the shit out of you and scare you away from this. Sort of like uh, I've heard of this in the UFO phenomena as well. People have discovered things like how to make their um, chair float, you know, with certain things. Chaz of the Dead and I were talking about the CSE, the cavity structure effect. And so there's like simple ways to do stuff here that you can get like diverted away from. Right. And it just seems that. Out of all of this stuff, man, it's what what it really comes down to is just like your perception of it, like your the way you feel about it. What what do you think is going on here? And with the Ouija board, if you feel that it is a shit thing, then you're absolutely right. You know, the placebo effect is very strong with that. But it's also, again, very strong in the programming. And I'm very aware that I'm programmed to see it as something that I don't feel comfortable engaging in. Now, I face that, you know, I'm looking at it. I'm not 
oh, that's not me. And yeah, that's fucking, that's a very real, the way that I feel about it. But again, uh, you know, I feel that also it's a tool like anything else. Some people cannot fucking stand TikTok. I'm a huge TikTok proponent. It is a tool in my mind, like anything else. My algorithm is incredible. I've gotten some amazing guests just because of TikTok. Had I have been like, oh, fuck that, because maybe the Chinese inspired me and maybe, and I had listened to what other people have told Again, me about it. Anyways, at least have fun while you're doing it. Dude, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and I mean, also like your government's not doing it. Like every, like your government almost, it, what it sounded like when I heard it was, it's almost like your government's like, oh, but we're the only ones that want to spy on you. Why do you want to let them spy on you too? Like, why? And and that, it seems like so asinine to me, again, to me. But I found things very valuable on TikTok. It's just a tool. So just like anybody who finds uh, perhaps anything out here shit, that it is. You know, it's going to present itself to you like that because that's what you expect. And again, you're extremely powerful. And so taking steps back to get your thought ninja in place and to get really clear about how you feel about things. And man, regreeting old beliefs that you had, old patterns, old versions of you that had trauma, like re-greet them, bring them to your now with the awareness you have now and transcending it from your moment of now is how you alchemize this whole fucking place. Then you're very good, Thomas, to your example about knowing that walking through your day. So now you know, hey, not only am I going to remember what all these steps were, so I'm more mindful and in the moment, but you're also very, very mindful about how your mind's working what you're thinking, what your thoughts are. Are they on positive things? Are they on negative things? Are they on distracted things? Are you focused? Do you have a goal? Are you escaping reality? Are you creating a new one? When you get that element of it focused on, again, this is your next step. It's your bridges between UFO and phenomena. It's your next focal point. Uh, but it took all this to fucking get you just to the next focal point. It's all fascinating and beautiful. Yeah. Fucking A. Fucking A. <laughs> I love it. I fucking love it. Brandon, this is fucking awesome, dude. We could do this literally all day long. Honor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. Let's do like a, a Salvia special or something. Oh, man. bro. Let's to. do it. We'll we'll all take some and we'll count to three <laughs> and then we'll just sit here and everybody in, in, on camera. In all seriousness, I don't know if I'm we if I'm up for help. that. I mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Uh, we'll, be, we'll do it for the members, right? For the bonus content. Patreon exclusive. Yes. <laughs> I'll find some salvia. I'll join you. I've never <laughs> done salvia, but I'll try it. Oh, we'll well, and Thomas, if you got a, like a brand or something you recommend, uh, just salvia divinorum. I mean, that's the only that's the only thing that there is, man. I mean, and and FYI, there's the one X, which is just the straight up leaves, and then there's man, I've I've seen stuff called Elephant Killer, which is essentially like a 400 X extract, like something ridiculous. Uh, you don't need the crazy extracts if you if you want an extract a 5x a 10x should be way more than enough but the way that you normally would do it is on a 1x and you would just sit there and chew it up and you know let it just kind of like gestate in your mouth for a little bit or you get the the extract and you just do like a little hit or whatever but i think like you were saying earlier brandon another reason why this is such an interesting one to me because it's, it almost feels like a guardian and there's like a name for like a salvia yeah. hardhead where people they just don't ever feel anything or they only get like the giggles and nothing beyond that they never get that breakthrough and i feel yeah. like there might be like a bouncer at the club you know in front of club salvia and they're just like now nah, you're not ready like you, you don't get it and you're too short you know uh, i had uh jenny rivers on and we were talking about this and she talks about them like barriers to uh, taboos are barriers to knowledge 
So this idea that like the thorns and the thickets and the ticks are only on the outside of the forest. Once you can clear all of that shit, that sucks. And we'll turn 90% of people away. The magic is in between that, right? And it's, this is this idea of that breakthrough experience. But yeah, man, there's this idea that like that's why the phenomena doesn't pick everybody up or let you remember it. It probably picks everybody up, but it probably doesn't let everybody remember. It, it doesn't do that because you're not, that's not your path yet, you know? It, it, it doesn't want to ruin the ending for you. And Mark Gober, an amazing author, a good buddy of mine, I just had him on with Dr. Doug Matsky. It's a great episode. It's the last one out. And we were talking about this idea that him and I are not conscious experiencers. We're just not. I haven't had a ghost experience that I could say, a UFO experience, a contact experience, nothing like that. Now, I feel that that's probably because I tell them I'm very insistent that they make me forget. I don't want to remember. I feel that it would perturb my objectivity with this. And I... I'd probably be like, nope, it's only grays, and I'd be one of those poor bastards that's niched down into this thing because I had a very real experience that I can really go, holy shit, wrap my mind around, and I would just get obsessed with it. I just know that. And so I feel that just like Mark, we joke about that they probably, we probably drive around on UFOs all the time, but we both say, make sure that we forget when you guys send us back because we, we're playing this whole role down here to where we're just figuring it out. We don't want to spoil the ending. And maybe that's what it does. It avoids spoiling the ending for you. It's a game of discovery. And the more you figure that out, that's where it is. It's all those hokey things about how it's all about the journey. It is all about the fucking journey. That's why you're here. That's why time exists. The only reason time exists in this construct is for the concept of duration. And duration is where you experience change over time. So that time component is necessary. So therefore, the duration or journey is the whole fucking reason you're here. And embracing that is like the biggest step possible. That's the biggest damn thing, man, because that frees you from all of it. That, that's where you're not in a hurry to get to the end. That's where you're not in like a, oh, your path is wrong and mine's right. No, everybody's just on this journey, man, and it's all about this journey. And I love it, Thomas, what we were talking about. We've been talking about here's this echolocation. It's just we're all getting better pieces of the puzzle. It's just that finding better ways to communicate with each other about what we're finding is the key. And this idea of like, I'm wrong, you're right, I'm right because I heard it this way. Uh, you're wrong because your thing, you know, th that idea is over. And that's where the division held us. And that's why it's over is because that that whole illusion, this whole idea of separatism is just crumbling down, man. And that's part of it. Right. And it's, it's part of that and these ideas, which is why we're being illuminated to the connections and the phenomena. It didn't happen before. It's happening now. You know, there are a couple of standout folks that could really get that on an early level, but now it being this ubiquitous thing that we can even wrap our minds around. Having heard those ideas earlier on in our research, you know, I still stuck to the their nuts and bolts for a long time. You know, it, it was only after I got to a certain level that the phenomena showed me what I was ready to take it with next. Yeah. Oh yeah, man, you're getting me pumped. <laughs> Hard up, dude. Boys, I can't thank you enough for this, man. This is incredible honor. An incredible honor. I love you both dearly. Like I said, you're both very special to my heart. Thank you. We love you, man. Yeah, we do, man. We <sighs> love you, Brandon. All right. Yeah. Um, why don't you throw some more plugs our way? Tell everybody that has now had their fucking mind blown. Oh, expanding they can reality. get their mind blown some more. That's right. Uh, thank you again, guys. Uh, expandingrealitypodcast.com. That's where you can find this little guy. It's on Amazon. Uh, you guys can do, go check it out. Great way to support. And again, anybody out there that's like, oh, I want to make a, a trip journal, you know, to log my trips and integration ceremonies with Salvia. You want to make a trip journal? Thomas, holla. Let's do it. So there's all sorts of things. And again, your stories, I've got all sorts of stuff going with this. So just expandingrealitypodcast.com guys just go hit me up there truly truly grateful again i'm it's just an honor 
Thomas, throw some plugs, buddy. Uh, well, I'm, just gonna, I'm gonna replug this chosen one because I was yeah. talking with Juan recently, and uh, I mean, issue two's been done since December, uh, and we've just been waiting for the right time to launch issue two. So it sounds like issue two might be on its way out. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, then you need to look at the chosen one on paranoidamerican.com, which features a whole bunch of different conspiracy podcasters. Issue two is gonna drop even more uh, huge names, and then every issue essentially just has more cameos from your favorite podcast hosts so it's another great way to kind of support and right like i'm just trying to fill out this extra little side of the hologram that's all this is How beautiful is that though i mean i love this dude i love it that's so cool so fucking cool nate plug us baby <laughs> that's a good question <laughs> but you can find us everywhere you can find us audio everywhere. We're definitely doing some wherever fun you're stuff listening right now. Come back to that yeah. place. <laughs> yeah, come back to that place. Um, hopefully, by the time you hear this, that means that our documentary is out, and uh, we've had some a lot of fucking really fun conversations, like Brandon right here. Um, so I hope that you guys enjoy it. I hope it turns out well. Um, what else would I plug? I have no goddamn idea. Just we love you guys. Um, our fucking show, like our fucking, uh, what, what do you call it? Our listens have been going through the fucking roof. Our, like, um, it's nuts, dude. Our tiny ass little show has blown the fuck up. And I'm so grateful and honored to everybody that like wants to tune in and listen to me talk. That's wild. I don't know why you do that, but thank you. I don't know why you, you and, pulled me on as yeah. co-host right. either. Right. Here we go. Here we go. Awesome. There you go. You know what that was? <laughs> <laughs> Here, you guys got two. Self-deprecation. <laughs> you're absolutely amazing. That's why it makes complete sense to me why your numbers are skyrocketing. That makes absolute. This is the void I was talking about earlier. It's there's a lot out there. There's quality out there, and people find quality. You're attractive as shit with your message, with your vibe, everything about it. And so, yes, I mean, it makes all the sense in the world. You are facilitating that vacuum. So, you know, uh, it's fun. It should not come as any shock to you. You're absolutely worthy of this. You guys do a killer fucking job. So it makes all the sense in the world to me. All the sense in the world. You're awesome, man. Yeah. I mean it. That's the truth. You can see it in your numbers. It's a physical representation of what I'm talking about here. Crushing it, gentlemen. Continue. Awesome. Well, everybody, we love you. Brandon, we love you. Thomas, I love you, buddy. All right. I love you too, man. (laughs) All love. Later, guys.